You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning, everyone. We're here uh, pre-Pesach, Bez Nisan, Tavshanai and Tess. We thank the Eisenbergs for their wonderful sponsorship of the Shiurim Sunday mornings. Today we're going to be discussing the principles of, uh, of Kasher and Kalim. Um, in general, with regards to milk and meat, something um, you go away to a um, on a trip, you rent a, a home which has none um, a tray for kalim. How do you kasher those kalim? And specifically, how do you kasher pesach the kalim? How do you kasher chametz the kalim to become pesach? There is a pasuk, Pasha Stav, we read just a few weeks ago. It says as follows: Over there, we're talking about. A kli of which one used to cook kachim. The is that uh, many of the carbonos, besides the carbonola, either the kohen or the kohen and the bailim, even Yisraelim, are able to eat from the meat of the kachim. After they shech the animal, they put the dam, they do zrikas adam on the mizbeach, and then there would be a lot of meat to be eaten. So sometimes if it was kodesh hakadoshim, so the, the kohen would be able to eat it, kohen and the, and the male kohanim. If it was kosher columns, so then everybody could eat. The, 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 the Kohanim would eat it, and the family would eat it. They could eat in Yerushalayim. They can invite you to their hotel room somewhere in Yerushalayim, and they'd be able to uh, partake in the kachim. The problem was that the halach is you have a very specific amount of time to eat that kachim. And if, you, um, if that amount of time, if that day passes, so then the kachim becomes treif. And that treif is called nosar. You're not allowed to eat nosar. The halach of eating nosar is actually in this recurrence. So you can imagine if someone takes the meat from the carb and he puts it in his pot and he cooks up uh, some, um, you know, some, some broiled meat or boiled meat, let's say boiled meat, boils the meat, makes a goulash or something from the kachim, it's very delicious. But now we assume that the tam of the meat that was, bur- that was uh, cooking up in the pot enters into the walls of the kalim. That's what we call nasinas tam. There's a nasinas tam into the walls of the kalim. So if there's an Asinah's Tam into the walls of the Kalim, so now those Kalim have in it a Tam of Kachim. Now if you wait a day or two, right, after the time that you're allowed to eat the Kachim, so then the same way you can't eat the Kachim, there's any leftover meat, you can't use the Kalim that have in it a Tam of the Kachim. So what are you going to do with those Kalim to make sure that it removes, that, that what's the Tam of the Nosa that's now in the, in the pot, why is it Nosa? Let's talk about it, let's talk very specific. Person brings a carbon khatas, he brings it at 3 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Right? So he can eat that carbon khatas from Sunday afternoon until chatzos of that night. He has about, uh, what is that? It's uh, seven, uh, 10 hours, let's say. You have 10, 9 hours to eat till chatzos. Minatori, you can really eat it till amurashacha, but we go till chatzos. But now, um, you don't eat some of the meat. You don't eat some of the meat. And you wait till the next day, and the meat was never cooked, it was never eaten. So what do you do with that meat? It has to be burned. Fine. I did make some of the meat in this particular pot. I, bro- I boiled the meat. So now, the pot, the, I ate the meat uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, an hour later, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, but now that pot has in it a tam kachim. No problem, I can use the pot again at 6 o'clock, at 7 o'clock. But what happens when that pot reaches the point where it's past the time when I can eat kachim? So the blia, the absorption of the tam of the kachim that's in the pot, itself becomes no sar. So now I have to kasha the pot in order to be able to use that pot for something. How do I kasha that pot? That's the question. So the Torah tells us very simply. If it's a klicheres that you cooked in, then you can't kasha the pot. A klicheres, we assume, is so porous that any blia that goes into the walls of the pot, therefore that klicheres cannot be used. You have to break it. There's nothing, no, no, no longer any use. The blia in the klicheres is no sar and it's finished. You can't use it anymore. However, let's say, the, uh, let's say the pot that you used was metal. It was made out of uh, some type of iron cast, made out of steel, made out of uh, copper, whatever it was. So that's what the Torah says. If you cook the meat in the clean nechoshes, the way that you kasher, that pot is through morak v'shutaf v'amayim. Without going into the details of marika and shtifa, basically in our terminology, what that means is hagolah. You, 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 put, you took boiling hot water, you cooked up the boiling hot water, you took some of the meat of kachim, you put it into that boiling hot water, the meat became boiled, it became edible, but now the blia from the meat went through the water into the walls of the pot. I have to kasha that pot. How do I kasha the pot? Well, I take the pot, I take another very large, let's say, very large pot of, um, pot of water, I boil up that pot of water till it's a rolling boil, I take the pot 
of which with which I cooked kachim inside, and I dip it inside the pot, and that's called hagala. Why does that work? Well, we assume since the blia from the kachim went in through the medium of boiling hot water, so the blia comes out through boiling hot water. So that's called hagala. Again, what's hagala? Hagala is I take a pot of hot water, very a large pot of hot water. You take one of the, you go to Muncie, you can go to one of the, the Muncie, they have these big cauldrons, you can take your largest pots, dip it in. I'm not sure if you'll get your own pot back, you can get your neighbor's pot back, but you, you dip it in, you take it out, you dip it in, it's in there for two seconds, for one second, you take it out, that's called kasha. That's very different, don't get confused, very different than tevil of a mikvah. We're not talking about toiling something in the mikvah. You toil something in the mikvah, you buy something new that was manufactured by a non-Jew, it has to go through a geiris process. That's what some of the Rishonim learned. The same way someone who's not Jewish becomes Jewish, they have to go through a geiris process, they have to go to the mikvah. A kli that you buy from a non-Jew that was manufactured by a non-Jew also goes through some type of a little bit funny to think of Geras on a pot, but it's a, that's, we use that terminology. It goes through some type of conversion, it goes through, and therefore you have to do Tvila B'mikvah. So that means that if someone were to go, if someone were to go or buy, let's say you would go to your neighbor is selling their house, they have a, they have a sale, they have a, a garage that you want to buy their pots, you want to buy their pots. They have a whole, a beautiful set of pots and you need Pesach Nikah pots. This is great, so what am I going to do? No problem. I buy the pots, I have to do two things. I have to kasha the Kalim, and then I have to be toyful the Caleb if it's made out of metal. So how would I, I have a pot, I ask the person, or it's obvious this is a soup pot. You don't cook things, that, you always cook things in a water medium. So I take that pot, and I take it to Borough Park, I take it to Muncie, we take it to one of these big cauldrons, and I dip it in into the boiling hot water. Now it's kosher, now it's not treif anymore. But I also now have to, I have to have a I have to take it to the mikvah, dip it in the mikvah, now I can use those pots. That's simple. That's what it has. A marak v'shut But also, I can if I can't find the big cauldron, so I just fill itself up with boiling hot water. There's only a stickle problem, and that is that I can kasha the whole pot, but I I can't kasha the very top of the pot. So what I have to do is I have to take another boiling hot pot that's much smaller, a boiling one of these little soup pots, very small, and I have to boil that pot up. How do I boil that pot? I keep it on the fire for a few minutes. Now it's boiling hot. I take that little pot. I dip it slowly into the larger pot so that the water um, the water um, spills over and now I have a kosher pot. These all just uh, took into mind pots that were manufactured of bronze, metals, and stainless, <coughs> stainless steel. And but also porous materials like ceramics. Yes. Yeah. What about in the age of plastics and paper goods? Do you have a similar question? You don't have a similar usually you don't cook in paper and plastic. No, no, but if you buy a new oh it's only Yes. Cooking, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about tvila. Tvila is one question. I'm talking you're talking about tvila. Okay. Plastic the plastic. There are certain things that mainly minatora. The only thing that has to be kashered is metal. Midrabban glass also has to be kashered. Plastic and paper does not have to be kashered. Doesn't have to be kashered. The cheres also doesn't. I'm sorry. Does not have. Does not require tvila. Neither does cheres require tvila. Well, what's, what's the basis that plastic doesn't have to be? In other words, in the, the Torah says you have to be toggle things that are metal. Chazal added glass. Right. That's it. That's it. The cauldron itself. So yes. Now that you dip the cauldron in it, yeah. the time from the pot went into the How come that doesn't make the cauldron tray? Yeah. It's a good kasha. Me, listen. No, 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 it's not a cliche. It's a clearisha. The cauldron's a clearisha. Yeah, but he wants to know. My, I, I just bought my tray for pot. A tray for. Um, um, pot from my non-Jewish neighbor. I take that tray for pot, I go to the cauldron, and I take that pot, and I put the tray for pot into a cauldron, which is a clearisha. It's actually not just a clearisha, it's boiling hot right now with the fire under it. So how come the tray from the non-kosher pot doesn't go into the water and make the cauldron tray? It's a secondary tray. No, no, or close. Did you have to wait a certain amount of time until it becomes a disgust? Yes, so that's, we're going to go, Mikala we're going slow going slow, which means we're going slow. So therefore, <laughs> so we're going to go, we're going to get there. But let's let's go in, in a certain order, because I think, I hope it'll become, where these um, halakas seem complicated, we know what we have to do, but to understand them seems complicated, it's not complicated, we're just going to go take a few minutes, we're going to I think we'll get a really good skira, close, a good uh, uh, overview of how these halakas uh, evolved and where they came from. That's where we start from. There is one thing that you notice in Parsha Sab that deals with Kachim that's missing. Almost glaringly missing. There's something missing there. It says if it's a klicheres, then you can't kasher a klicheres. It's so porous, it goes in so deep. It's like I never really saw the inside of a klicheres, but I have seen the inside of a, of a wooden barrel. If you go to the uh, winery, 
We went to the winery to check out how they make wine, how they make whiskey. So there was, I was looking at the barrels. The barrels, the slats of the barrels are about that thick, maybe about that thick. And the, you could see the redness of the wine goes in maybe three quarters of the thickness of the wooden barrel. You could see how porous it is. That's wood. My point is that Kalim are porous. Kheris is very, very porous. You're able to, right? So, so we, right? Okay, stainless steel is a good question. That's a big shiloh. Many Rabbanim, some Rabbanim today say you do not have to cash your bichlal stainless steel because there's no blia at all. You don't have to cash your stainless steel. Period. And other Rabbanim say you do. Matter of fact, there's a, a conversation online with one of the Mashgichim from either the OK or the OU, one of the Mashgichim. I think, it was, I think his name is Reb Chaim Kohn. I, don't, I can't say for sure. He's Reb Chaim Kohn. And he was uh, involved in kashering some stainless steel in some plant. And the non-Jewish colleague of his says, you know, you guys are wasting your time. I understand you have this issue of blia. You don't have to use the word absorption of, of uh, foods that you, that you can't eat. But stainless steel does not absorb. By definition, it doesn't absorb. That's the way they make it. He goes, well, uh, we think that it does absorb. And then he tells the story that they were, they were boiling up this gigantic vat or something, and it was completely clean. And then, uh, and then they filled it up with water, boiled it up, and they saw this like film on top of the water. So he said to them, he says, Look, you see, there's film on top of the water. Like you see, it, it didn't, it was clean beforehand. So where did that come from? It must have come from the walls. We put in clean water into a completely clean pot, and there's this, this like murky film on top of it. It wasn't from the non-clean water. It was clean water that we put in. So this, this um, person says, listen, I can't argue with empirical evidence. If this is what you're showing me, it's what you're showing me. Then it comes back a few weeks later. He says, you know what happens? When you buy it new, it's not, uh, it's not porous. It cannot absorb anything. But the moment you heat it up, or if you dent it a little bit, if you heat it up to such a high extent where the fire is very high, it creates microfissures inside the stainless steel, and then it becomes then it becomes absorbable. Okay, I don't know. It's a, it's still a question. Some say you don't have to kosher stainless steel because even if it's absorbable, it's absorbable on such a on such a small level that it's not really halakhically significant. And others say that it's not a problem of shakta. I've heard him say once that we should get the Rabbanim together and everybody should come to the conclusion, which is he it sounds like he thinks is correct. Stainless steel is not. Um, absorbable, in which case you don't have to cut your stainless steel. All you have to do is clean it and then you can use it for flechik, for milchik, for, for chametz and all that stuff. The problem is you have to get all the rabbanim together to agree that's going to be difficult, right? Right, that's, right, right. So that's going to, that's not so simple, not so simple as we know, but it does make a lot of sense. I think one day we'll probably get to that point. I'm not sure if we'll be alive when we get to that point, but we'll get to that point. Well, let's, let's, right, right, so let's, let's, let's go, but let's go, let's, let's stay on, on subject here. That subject. In Parshas Tzav, it talks about Hagolah. If you cook in a metal pot, the way to kasher is through Hagolah, boiling hot water. It went in through water, Bushola. Cooking is with water. That's by definition. Bishol means the mind. So it went in through water, you can get it out through water. But look at this Pasuk in Parshas Matos. Parshas Matos says as follows. By the way, this is exactly the case that we were talking about before. They bought, they bought Caleb from their non-Jewish neighbors. Now they wanted to kasher it. But instead of buying the Caleb from the non-Jewish neighbors, they had a war. And after the war, so they took all the spoils and among Oh thank you very much. And among the spoils Among the spoils is um, among the spoils were, were many pots and pans and they wanted to use them to make a to make what's it called? To make to make food. So they had to kosher them. That's what we said before. We had to kosher the pots, they had to kosher the pots and pans. So they had to kosher it. How do you kosher pots and pans that you buy from a non-Jewish name? We just said you take it into a boiling cauldron, or you fill it up with boiling hot water, and that's called Hagalah. But the Pasuk tells us, actually, you need another factor. That is, the only time you can kosher something with Hagalah is if it was used, if the trafus went into the walls of the pot through a medium of hot water. Like if you make chicken soup with treif, you make chicken soup with some chazer in it, or you make chazer, is there something called chazer soup? I'm sure there is, right? So they made chazer soup. So they made chazer soup. So the chazer, the blee of the chazer, went into the walls through the medium of water. So how do I kasher such a pot? Hagola. But if I fry, if I fry chazer on a on a skillet, on a frying pan, there's no water. There was a fire under the frying pan, frying pan, and there was a there was a piece of treif on top of the frying pan. So there, the blee of the treif went into the pan through fire. If it goes in through fire that I can't get it out through Hagola. I have to get it out through fire. How do I get it out through fire? Not so difficult. Take the pan and put it into the fire or, or blow a torch and put it into the fire. That's what the Pasuk says. But, 
If it didn't come into contact with fire directly, it went through the water medium, then then you do Hagala. So in Parshas Matos, when it deals with Trefus, there's two ways of, two, two, um, um, two Mahalchim of Kashari. It depends. If it went in through Aish, you have to Kashari it with a blowtorch. If it went in through water, then you Kashari through Hagala. So the Shaila is, the Gemara asks in, um, in Gemara of Zara, the last daf in Avodazara, he asks the following question. How come this idea of kashring something through age you only find in Parshas Matos by, 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 by the Wachemis Midyan? How come when you're kashring Trefa, how come you don't find that in Parshas Tzav? We mentioned before, you take the kachim and you, ka, you, you cook it in, the, in, 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 in a pot. So we said the way that you kasher the pot is through Hagala. Why do you have to, do you have to remember, why do you have to kasher the pot again? If you don't kasher the pot, tomorrow the blee in the pot becomes no star. It's like Trefa. It's more Trefa than Hagala. If you eat chaz, you're over a lot. You eat, you eat nosa, we think, oh, it's kachim, it's not a problem. It's kores, <laughs> it is a problem. So, how do you kasher the nosar? Hagola. How do you kasher the treif? It depends. Water, if that's the way it went in, hagola. If it went in through fire, you have to kasher it through a blowtorch. How come we don't say, hey, if the, if the way that you were cooking the kachim was not through water, but you were frying, you were making, you know, spare ribs, right, on the spit, on the grill, so then you should have to kasha the grillus or kasha the spit through fire, through a blowtorch. How come it doesn't say that in Pasha's Tzav? That's the Gemara's question. Romile, Rav Abram, Rav Sheshes, Tan, in the fifth Maramakam. Hashipudim v'ha'askala malavnon ba'or. If you use a shipud, what's a shipud? If you use a spit, v'ha'askala, use a frying pan, the way that you kasha that is through what we call libud. Libud is a blowtorch. It's getting it out through fire. Why? Because it went in through fire, it goes out through fire. Vatnan gabi kachim, but it says by kachim hashipud magila mechamen. You only need hagola. Even the spit that was used, that was used via fire. So the bliyah went in with fire. You can you don't have to require you don't require a libun to kachim. You can even have hagola. What's the difference between the case of the kachim that's about to become nosar if I don't kachim it and the in the yisur? So based the order to explain that the answer to that question, let's let's learn something that I think many of us are probably familiar with. It's called the sugya of not barnat. Not barnat. <clears throat> what's not barnat, Lenny? What's not barnat? You raising your hand? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. One is: Does this apply to all traits? Very good question. First, it applies to all treif, not just meat. Um, there was someone sitting at a, uh, you know, the Gemara says if someone eats a certain fish, he can be, he can violate six malkios. Ochal potisa loka arba loka chamish loka sheish can violate six averis because it can have certain types of insects that are. It's a fish and it flies. It's, uh, oh yeah, it, a lot of the so they said that Rev Tendler was at a wedding. So someone told me Rev Tendler was at a wedding. He came to the, rab, the rabbi table and the rabbis were ordering. You know, they come by. You want meat? You want the chicken? You want the fish? So one rabbi, yeah, what is the meat? Well, so one rabbi, what uh, is the fish? So Rabbi Tamiz, you know, has a great sense of humor, and he said to the he said to the rabbi, he goes, Rabbi uh, Turk, it's, ra- it's not rabbi, just I mean, Danny's right here. It's not Rabbi Turk. Goes, but he says, Rabbi Turk, you know, you're, you're something like this. I wasn't there. He goes, I see that you're refraining from ordering the meat. He was saying like you're trying to look from. You don't want to eat the meat. You know, you only violate one lav if you eat non kosher meat, but you can violate six lavim if you eat non kosher fish. So, and that happens to be true. So, always order the meat. But, uh, <coughs> <coughs> but, but, but there's nothing more, there's nothing more trafe about non-kosher meat than non-kosher fish. Same, same level. And in terms of the liquid, it doesn't matter if it's, li- if it's milk or water. I think so it's the same. No sir, trafe or no sir, is no sir. No is more trafe than trafe. More trafe than trafe. No, much more. It's chorus. It's much more serious. You yes. I think so. I think I think it's the same. If it's a full, if it's a, if the thing is filled with whatever liquid, as long as not, if it's a gel, it's something else. But the gel usually turns into a liquid through the cooking process. I think it's the same. I think it's the same. That's very little. If you deep fry something, that would be considered hagala. I don't think that. That's not liquid. That's not considered bishul. 
If you, have a, if you spray it, or you put a, a slight amount of oil on the bottom, what's it here? It's less than a centimeter. That's not considered, that, that's considered fire. That's, that, that's like directly on the fire. That's big nafkamina also with regards to ain bishal akhar bishal, but there could be bishal akhar tzli. So when you, when you saute something, that's considered tzli. That's, that depends on whether you hold this bishal akhar tzli. Let's not go, that's the, that's the last sugi, but it's all, it's all related. But let's just explain what, that's a Shreyfus Chazer. Nevelis Shreyfus Chazer. It's all Shreyfus Shreyf. Yes. And one other question. Sure. And you're not sure if it's considered visual or sleep. Yeah. If you go with a blowtorch, have you taken Yes. Yes. Blowtorch is better. Always hard. You don't have to do both. No, no. You can always blowtorch. You can always blowtorch. The question is can you do Hagola on something that requires a blowtorch? That's something else. That's something else. That's the, don't bur- don't bury things in the ground, especially if they're alive. <laughs> no, 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 no. It has it has its makom in very specific and particular situations. Not what we're talking about. So let's discuss. Let's explain. Does he have the question? So the Gemara gives a very important answer. This is the key. But let's go back. Let's explain not bar not. What's not bar not? Not bar not is very simple. The word not is simply short for no same time. And bar not means a double no same time. What's a double no same time? I take a pot. And I cook, uh, I, I, I take a pot, a soup pot, and uh, treif is cooked in there. Treif is cooked in there. Let's say, forget treif. Uh, we don't eat treif. You cook meat in there. You cook uh, chicken soup, right? So there's meat, a blia of basari in the walls of the pot. That's what we assume. So you take out the, the soup. The, 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 the pot is completely clean now. You cleaned it. You made the soup an hour ago. Now the pot is you, you poured it into some some uh, serving uh, bowls, and now the, the the pot is completely clean, and it's a fleshnik diga pot. That's what a flesh, What's a fleshnik diga pot? I completion it, right? So that's what we call one no saint tam, because the nasinas tam went from the food through the cooking process into the walls of the pot. Now an hour later, I want to make pasta. So I take the pasta and I put it into the pot and I make pasta. How do I make pasta? Boil up water, put the pasta in and then I make pasta. So the tam from the basari, from the busser that went into the walls of the pot, now comes out into the pasta. So you and I would think, well, I don't know if you and I would think, I would, let's just think, pasta, since you hold, I can't cook milchik in a flesh sugar pot, right? I can't cook milchik in a flesh sugar pot unless I gosh it. So then, probably that the pasta has the status of being fleshic. Right? So if, this, if, the, if the pasta has the status of being fleshic, I should not be able to eat that pasta with milk. And yet the Gemara says you can eat that pasta with milk. That's what the Gemara says. I can take the pasta and eat it with milk. Now, Ashkenazim have a chumrah. It's not our first chumrah. It's not our last chumrah. That we don't eat it directly. We don't eat that directly with milk. But me'ikar adin, me'ikar adin, According to most Rishonim, you can eat it directly with milk. That's why the Mechaber, that's why the Gemara says, almost Mephorish. I'll tell you why there's room to argue what, what seems to be a clear header. Take a look at the third Maram. Malcolm Itmar. Dogim If you make fish or pasta, something parav in a pot, that's fleshik. Rav Omar, Rav says you can't eat that with milk. We do not hold like Rav. We hold like Shmuel that says, you can eat it with milk. Rav holds you can't because there's a Nesina's Tam. Shmuel says, it's not one Nesina's Tam, it's a double whammy. It's once in, once out. That's already so far removed from the original chicken soup that I made. It's called a Nat Bar Nat. It's like a, it's a, it's a removed Tam that comes out. It's not called Fleshik. I can eat the pasta with milkik. And that's the way we pass him the Ikaradim. Okay, if you take a look at the line, Dogim Sha'alu Bakara. It doesn't say Dogim Shinisbahlu Bakara. It says Dogim Sha'alu Bakara. So there's a sheet of Rashi and others that say, Alu just means if you have something hot and you put it on a cold pot. But if you cook it together, then even Rob would say it's a problem. Cooking together, the Sinastan becomes so absorbed in and, and extracted out so much, so much more intensely, that's a problem even to eat with milk. Eat it with milk because even if it's not, it's not that's, but it's only olu bakara. bakaras. That's mutter to eat with milk, but nishpash bakara. That's already a problem. That's what some hold. That's why the Ramos says lechatchila. You shouldn't eat your pasta with milk. However, if let's say I take this whole thing of pasta, the kids come home and I mix it with the uh, with the cheese and I put the cheese. Everybody's very excited, and then 
we realize, uh oh, that was the fleshic pot. So, but the you can eat it. Lechatchila, you can't, but yeah, it happened. The Yavid, you can eat it. So that means we really hold that it's mutter. So, Lechatchila, you shouldn't because of the schumra of Rashi that says it's dafka, although not in its bashlu. But the uh, Yavid, we know that we hold that's okay. Not by now. So now, let's think very simple. What? Most Mishalim say it means you cooked, you cooked it. But some say Olu just means if you take hot, a hot piece of fish and you put it on a cold pot. Or you take a, a cold piece of fish, you put it on a hot pot. There, Rob says it's mutter, that doesn't become fleshic. But if you cook it together, everything's hot. The walls are hot, and, and, the, and, the, and the water is hot, and the, and the pot is hot, and the food is hot. Then we say that there's a problem of not by not in that case. And it becomes fleshic. Even according to Shmuel. Even according to Shmuel. We don't hold like that. Shmuel says you can eat it with milk. Dafka if it's olu, not if it's nisbashlu. But I'm telling you that we hold, me'ikar hadin, that even if it's nisbashlu, it's mutter to eat it with milk. You can take your pasta that you made in a fleshy pot five minutes ago and eat it with milk. Midiyevet. Lechatchila, we don't do it. The Rashkenazim don't do that. By olu, you can do it lechatchila. If it's nisbashlu, lechatchila, we don't. But midiyevet, we do. Olu is not cooking. Right, that's what some of the, that's what some of the Rishonim said. Yeah, if something hot, and you, you put it on a, on, a, on a cold pot, or you know, a hot, you just, yeah, it ends up there, but by mistake, or on purpose, you put it there as a serving thing. That's the point. If they're both hot, some Rishonim are machmir, you can't eat that pasta with milk. Which is our chumba, not to eat the pasta with milk. That's where it comes from. So, let me ask you a question, if that's true, let's assume, with the way we pass in the Ikara din, you can eat it with the milk. You can eat it with the milk. Why? Why can you eat it with the milk? Why is that pasta not fleshy? Time is so far removed, the pasta is not fleshic, right? Okay. So let me ask you a question. If that's true, then how come I can't go away to a B&B, what are they called, an Airbnb, and there's fleshic of pots. Everybody's asking me, Shailas, how do we kasha the pots? What do kasha the pots? Clean the pots. Clean the pots. Even if the person who used it was there an hour ago, you just clean the pots. So the most that could be in the pot is a fleshic atam from the Chaza Shmalt they just made an hour ago. It's in the walls of the pot. I take my pasta, I take my chicken, I, I take it, I put it in the pot. Why not say it's in no same time? And even if that trefa time comes out into the food, not by not, we hold, you can eat that with milk. The same way you can eat it with milk means it's not fleshuk. So then why is it treif? Because it's treif on top of kosher. Is the pasta fleshic? We're saying it's not fleshic. So then why is then why is my food that I make in the tray for pot treif? You have the question. If it's not fleshic, a haraya it's not fleshic, I can eat it with milk. I can put cheese on and eat it. No, but, but so then why can't then but he's saying as follows? What's in the pot right now is Why? The first one was trey. Yeah, it's true. But the first one was fleshic. So that was good. That's Don't look. I'm asking. Don't look at the beginning. What's the What's the right? What's the What's the rabbanon about basa b'cholov? Lo sevasha gedi b'chalevi mo means that I mean that's pretty pretty darais to me. Jules, yes. Even I got Jules to agree with me on this. Usually he's, he's rolling his eyes. He's straight. He's, he's rolling. That was shrugging his shoulders. You're right. You're right. Originally there was tray in the pot. Here there's meat in the pot. Okay. You can't eat. You can't eat tray. You can't eat meat. Shkoyach. We know that. Now you cook it. There's a meat tom that goes into the walls. There's a tray for tom that goes into the walls. Shkoyach. Now I remove everything. I clean everything. I take pasta. I put them in both pots. So the pasta should be. If the pasta is tray because of this pot, then it should be. There should be fleshic in this pot. And if it's not, if it's not fleshic, then it shouldn't be tray. So some say, so some say, enochinami, enochinami, you can cook in a tray for pot, no problem. Because of not by not. With Rav, where he doesn't hold this way, if you went ahead and you didn't intermediate, you, you were... You, you took the pasta. It's a, it's, it's a necessary, you have no other pasta. Okay? You go ahead and you boil it three times, or two times. So you, take it, you took out the... Well, you, did you kasha the pot or not kasha yeah, the pot? You're, so, I'm not talking about full kashering. You're telling me you kasha the pot. So kasha the pot. There's ways of kashering a pot, sure. I'm talking about no kashering. 
if you kosher, you kosher. That's, that's it. We're talking about, how come before, I didn't kosher anything. I go away, I want to use a tray for pub. What's the problem? The Me'iri quotes, Yesh, listen to this Me'iri in the, third, the fourth Maranatha, Yesh Chochachim Lahakel. Chochachim is not a, a positive term. There are those who, you know, go too far. And they're mekel, but no saint tam, by no saint tam, ach bishar isurim. Even by trefus, not by not, not by not. But the time I get to the pasta that I'm making in this trefa pot somewhere in deep Missouri, it's not a problem. It's not by not. Even if the people, I saw the people leaving, they said, oh, that was good pasta. I used all the pots. We know they used all the pots. I can still smell the stuff in the house. Right? Doesn't matter. Not by not is already so far removed from the original. It's not a problem. So my pasta that I make in there, the same way it's not fleshings. It's not trefus. Veins are clumb. The mirror says, not true. Disagrees. Why? It's easier to say that it's mutter. It's much, it, right? It's easier to say that it's mutter. Yet we assume, for some reason, that we don't. We, we assume, the halacha assumes, I can't just use a fleshing pot. Even though it's completely clean. Why not? Why not? It's a good kasha, No. No? Do you hear the question? Do you hear the question? So let's, let's, give, let's give the answer. The Rajbah says this. And this is going to very strongly relate to our original question of the difference between Kachim and Nisr. He says as follows. There's a difference. Listen to this line. It's a very important line. The difference between Hetera Bala and Yisra Bala. You're all, saying, you're all saying it before. But now we have to explain. We have to explain what it means. We said before. One second. You can't compare... Cooking fleshik in a pot and cooking trefus in a pot. Why? What's the difference? So I took trefus in a, I cooked, I cooked the trefus in a pot, I cooked the meat in a pot. Both, they're both on burners right next to each. Let's keep it clear. One pot right here, chazer. One pot right here, co- completely kosher meat, and I mark them up, there's not going to be any confusion. So we're not getting into any spakers here. That's a different shear, right? I cook it, I cook, I cook it, sat mashrita. I cook it, and then I, I, I it, it's all boiled up. I remove it. Now I have two clean pots. This one, the trace was cooked in it. This one, meat was cooked in it. I take my pasta, I put it in. I put it in, right? So, <clears throat> it's called not by not. And Tom went into the walls, now it comes out into the pasta. Let me ask you a question. Even if there's a Tom, how strong is that Tom? I mean, come on. How strong do you think the Tom is? What do you think? So we, if it, if there's, it, might, there might be a tam, but it's a tam that the Rashba calls a tam kolosh. It's a weak tam. Makes sense. I mean, there might be a little tam. It's a weak tam. Weak tam. Okay. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? The halacha here. Not. Tell me one thing in halacha that's not logical. There's not one thing in the whole Torah that's not logical except maybe baradum. Yeah, tell me one thing. Um, I'm going to give me some Eruv. I can be in the middle of the book. I have no idea that there's an Eruv up, but if somebody says there's an Eruv, I can carry it. Heim Amru Amru. The whole reason why you can't carry an Eruv in the first place is only the right. It's rabbinic. Right. So the rabbis themselves said, listen, the whole thing is rabbinic it looks a certain way. So if you put up an Eruv, now we take a hecker so that you know that you're not going to make the difference between this place and the Rosh Hashanah. So that alone, that, that whole concept there, that the rabbis did it, and then they took it, then, then they, they said, told you they did it, they told you? Illogical. Illogical? But, uh, we'll, not logical to me at all. Different discussion than we've had over and over, so we'll um, put it I love that discussion, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so let's, but let's, let's explain the logic here. Let's explain the logic. So I have two pastas, the tale of two pastas, right? <laughs> I, have, I have one pasta that has what we call a weak tam. It's a tam kolosh of trefus in it. And you have one pasta that has a weak tam of fleshik in it. Okay. Is there anything wrong with eating fleshik? No. Anything wrong with eating treif? So listen to this. <clears throat> and I think there's a tremendous musr here too, by the way. I was thinking about this last night. What a musr. You always have to... I remember going to a chef of Moshe Weinberger before I even met Rav Moshe Weinberger. Um... <laughs> Um, before, I, before, I, before I met him, I mean, he was our Masada Kedushin. So I, 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 at one point, you know, it was okay to get to know him a little bit. But before that, it was a shear in Flatbush. I think it was the Young Israel Flatbush. Many, many people. He gave a shear. It was on Tishabov. And someone, you know, they sent up these questions, I guess, beforehand or during. And so he opened up the little note. And the question was, how 
can we improve in our Vodas Hashem? Something like that. Something like very generic. So he said, anything you learn, you sit down to learn something, whether it's halacha, whether it's agad, try to think, how can this apply to your life very specifically? Remember, that's what he said. That was uh, probably 25, 27 years ago, somewhere like So I was thinking, how can this apply to our lives? But let's first learn the halacha, and then what I think is a very nice application to, to life, to life, uh, especially as we move close to the schachos of Nisan and Pesach. So the Rajbot says as follows. To maintain a problem, even a weak time maintains a problem. You have something that's awesome, that's a problem. It goes into the walls, it comes out of the walls. It's a weak time now. To maintain an already existing problem, even if it's weak, even if it's a Tom Kolosh, it can maintain a problem. You have a problem, so you have a, God forbid, a cancer. So the can- you know, we, we got out 95% of the cancer. Is that enough? From what I understand, it's not enough. To maintain a problem, even if you have a tam kolush, even a slight tam or a weak tam, has the capacity to maintain a pre-existing, already existing problem. Okay. But that's not, not really, it's not so much chazaka, it's that the halacha of tam kolush, that this weak tam has the capacity to maintain something that already exists. In a certain sense, like a chazaka to maintain, you can use that term. However, by meat, the tam kolush, it's not enough to maintain a problem. What do I have to do? I have to now take that, mix it with milk, and create a problem. Right? You hear the difference? To create a problem, you need much more than a town. You need a town bari. So the, 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 the smart that I was saying, this is what they say, to get the rocket ship off the ground, to, to get it started, you need 95% of the energy. The moment it's... 50 feet off the ground, it just goes on its own. So to maintain the energy, to maintain the problem, or to maintain the... So once, you could say, by the way, in, it's the opposite Litzat HaTov too. Forget about problems. The person gets onto a good schedule, he gets into a good Mahaloch, he has a good Chavrusa, a good Chevra, a good davening. okay? So, so the moment you get into that role, you get into that, you get rolling, okay, so it doesn't take, you always have to be on top of things, but I have my chavrusa, I have this, and I don't speak Lashon Hara. So I'm, it doesn't take that much to stay in that, in that path. But if you're not on that path to create that, you can spend your whole lifetime trying to, trying to create that motion. To create that motion could take so long and so much energy to stop watching you know, we watch TV to stop. It's impossible. But the moment you take the TV, you throw out the window and you start a new mahalo. So then, oh wow. That's, it's, it's, it was like, you know, withdrawal for like a year or a month or whatever it is. But after that, it's like, you know, I'm spending my time so much smarter. Like, it's so amazing. My whole life changed. But to get yourself to do that, it's, it's, almost, it's very difficult. It's almost impossible. So you have the vart to maintain a problem, even a Tom Kolosh. That's why if you have a tam de isura and you cook in a flesh at the pot, that weak tam, it's only a weak tam in the, in, in the pasta. Can't eat it. Because the weak tam can maintain an old problem. But you have flesh. So does this, does this pasta have a tam of flesh? What's the answer? Yes, it has a tam of flesh. A weak tam of flesh. Is there a problem with a tam of flesh? No. How does it become a problem? If I cook it with milk and I create a new problem. You can't create a new problem with a tam kolosh. That's the svara. Now let's explain Kasher and Kalim. What does this help? Let's explain. You were asking the question, Warren, you asked the opposite question of what the Gemara asked in a certain sense. Warren asked before, if something requires Hagala and you do Libun, you take your blowtorch, Warren's all excited, he gets himself a blowtorch, he probably has one already. He probably has one. And he goes to his pots. And a chainsaw. Right? <laughs> Better we didn't know that. And he takes as he takes his he takes his blowtorch and you know he's, let's get out the pot on his front lawn downing everybody's selling they start selling the prices on downing go really low I start buying right? he's blowtorching all the pots what's the halacha? 100% fine even though those pots weren't used with fire they were used with water what's the halacha? you went higher you went you did a, a more intense form of kasher but let's say you took a skillet or a frying pan that really needs libun and you did halacha the opposite. You take all your frying pans, you take your grill, you take everything that you use with direct fire, and you take that, and you put it into the, into the boiling hot cauldron of water. So what happens there? So the Gemara says, I mean the Rosh explains, you know what happened? 
Not nothing. Not nothing. The Hagola got out most of the time. You know what it did? It created what? A Tom Kolosh. So now it created a Tom Kolosh. So is that going to be a problem or not? It depends. The Torah says, if it was treif and it required fire, you need fire. What happens if I do Hagola? I do Hagola, it gets out most of the time and it creates, it lowers the level, the intensity of the time. But Tom Isura maintain like even a Tom Kolish maintains Tom Isura. So you would not be able to kosher a trefa pot, a trefa frying pan with Hagola. Because even though we would get it to a point of Tom Kolish, Tom Kolish to maintain a problem is a problem. However, by Kutchin, and this is a, making a big assumption, so my focus Rambam and Ryan, we're not going to go into every detail. But the Rambam holds, when were they actually koshering these kalim? You cook Kutchin. You cook Kutchin. So now I, I, I don't want, the moment that the time passes, the moment Amara Shakra comes, or the next night comes, the blea inside the kli becomes, what's it called? No sound. So I have to kasha that. When do I kasha that? I kasha that before it becomes no sound. Before it becomes no sound. So then what happens? I take the spit, I take the frying pan, I take the grill, and I kasha it with hangol. What's going to, what's that going to do? It's going to create a tam kolish of kachim. Now that tam kolish is a trade yet? Not yet. So now when the time comes, it has to create a new problem. Create a new problem. Tom Kolish doesn't create a new problem. And when does he just make that assumption that, uh, that it was before? Just, he what? just makes that assumption that it was before. That, that assumption was before? Yes. Take a look at the last line of the fifth Marambakam. Why is there a difference between Kachim and Shreif? The last line, Amalir of Amambri, Ma'inyan, Kachim, Eitz, Geulei, Goyim. Don't compare Kachim, the Kachim of Kachim, to Geulei, Goyim, which means Shreif. Hocha heterobola. So you can understand that to mean is the kashering took place. If it takes place before it becomes nosar, then all you need is hagala. Even on that which you would think requires leaving, hagala is enough. Ah, it only it only it still has a tam. Yeah, but it's only a tam kolish. Yeah, but isn't a tam kolish a problem of treif? It's not treif yet. It's just a big assumption that that's. What's and it's a big assumption. It's a big assumption. That's the way the Rashba learns the Gemara. Well, that's the way that we're going to learn the Gemara. The Ram. Then, then according to this, you'd require libun. You'd require libun. So now, what does that have to do with us? Pesach is a few, in a few days, in a few weeks. You know what has to do with us? Well, it has everything to do with us. When you kasher chametz nekekelim before Pesach, is that like kashering something that's treif? Or is it kashering something that is not yet treif? It's before Nosar. Most of the Rishonim learn, most of the Rishonim learn, that chametz is heterobah. Of course, it's before Pesach. And since it's before Pesach, I can kasher all my kalim using Hagol. I do not require any libun at all. I don't have to libun on my oven. I don't have to libun on my grill. I don't have to libun on my stove top. I can take my entire stove and dip it into the boiling hot cauldron. No problem at all. Now, by the way, that sounds funny because no one does it, but it's not funny at all. I'll explain why. Because anything that requires Hagala, or anything that's enough with Hagala, again, listen to me just like, you understand why Hagala is enough for everything? Because since the Hekshar is happening, before it's Shreif, before it's Asa, before it's, before it's Pesach, so then what's Chametz before Pesach? It's like Kachim before Nosa. It's like Milchuk before it becomes Bosa Vachal. It's like Shreif. It's like pleasure before it becomes Bosa Vachal. So at that point, there wouldn't be not by not problem. And what's, what, I only need Hagola for everything. Oh, uh, but it only made a Tom Kolosh of Chametz. Yeah, but when Pesach comes, I have to create a new problem of Chametz now. In fact, you can even say stronger. You can even say that before Pesach, it's not only not treif, it's not only not chametz, it's not only not problem, it's not chametz at all. There is no such thing as chametz before Pesach. It's not chametz. You go home, we're going to eat a bagel. This, this is not, the bagel is not chametz. It's a bagel. There's no such thing as chametz until Pesach. When pay, or maybe Erev Pesach. Erev Pesach, Hatzos, already we can talk about, uh, they have chametz. Before that, it's not, just, we can call it chametz. I'm getting rid of the chametz. It's not chametz. So it's, not, it's just like no sir in a certain sense. You don't say it's no sar before it becomes no sar, but it's not yet no sar. Before it becomes no sar, it's nothing. <laughs> so that's what many, there are those who disagree with this. I'll explain maybe why. But that's the way most of the Rishonim Paschal. Uh, that's the way many of the Rishonim Paschal. Before Pesach, kashering things for Pesach is heterobala. You're kashering it when it's heter. So therefore, you can always use, you don't have to kasher everything, you just got to get it down to a tam kolish. 
And the way that you get it down to Tom Kalish, even that which was used through fire, you can cash it through Hagola. Oh, but now there's a Tom Kalish, and when Pesach comes, it's going to be a problem. No, it's not going to be a problem, because on Pesach you have to create a new Din Chamex. You don't create a new Din Chamex on a Tom Kalish. Yes. That's one of the reasons why some I'm saying this is the way many of the Rishonim passed it. Right? That's only for sure. It's for sure only an Issa the Rabbanon, the Vishesh Lamatirin. So it's still, even if Chomis is also the Mashu, but a Tam Kolosh, even if a, a Tam Kolosh is, is qualitatively, it's qualitatively different. It's not a Mashu. Chomis is also the Mashu means if I have a little bit of, of bread, if I take many pieces of that little bit, I'd have a bagel. A Tam Kolosh means, it's not, it's not just, it's not like bread that tastes a certain way. It's qualitatively a different level of Chomis, and therefore that wouldn't be a problem. Yes. Yeah. If you do McCutcheon, McGullah, before it becomes a no- That's right. Now you're left with a Tom Collins. That's right. But then it goes past Matsos, then doesn't that Tom Collins become a no. It doesn't become yes, a no- new, now, now you want to create a new issue, right? It's not becoming no- a no-sorry. It would be, it would be if it wasn't a Tom Collins. A Tom Collins can't oh. become a new issue. Oh, what's a Tom Collins? So basically it's like you're eliminating Not eliminating it, because by issue it's a problem. And a Tom Collins has the capacity, if, you're, if it was already awesome, and you haven't gotten rid of the entire... Cancer, you haven't gotten rid of the entire problem? Yeah, the, the issue here would be that you have anything to do with it. After once it's supposed to pass, it's so 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 it's it's so 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 Something that was already a problem, it has the capacity to maintain an already existing problem. But because it hasn't become Nosar yet. And now we made it to a college before it becomes Nosar, therefore so it cannot It's like nothing. So then it's like it's, a, it's like a pristine. That's correct. That's correct. That's, so why, that's, you why, you can, that's why you can eat it with milk. Because what do you want to do? When you eat it with milk, you try to create a new Isabella. I can't do it. When I when the time passes, I want to create no sir, I can't do it. When now the pot has a Tom Kolosh of Chomets and now Pesach comes, it won't become Chomets because the Tom Kolosh won't create an Isser, it only maintains an Isser. So then, I have just a little problem with Okay, this. sure. What happens if you decide not to go ahead and cash your pots? Now you have Chomets stick pots that you put away, put away, and now after Pesach you want to use them. Well, it's like no, sir. It became, it, 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 the time it's now Chomets stick. It's not no suffer. It's not no suffer. Because Kachim, once it becomes no suffer, it means no suffer forever. And Chametz is only a problem on Pesach. That's a good question. That's a question. That's a good question. So we assume Chametz or Pesach does not apply unless it's Chametz Be'en. If it's Chametz in the walls of a pot, that's why we don't sell the Chametz inside the walls of the pot. Even, even all, with all the Chumras in the world, we don't do that. That's too much. As a matter of fact, some posts can say if you were to sell the comics in the walls of the pot, it could undo the entire sale. Because that's so crazy, and any guy who was looking at that would be so, this is so mishugah, it's not subject to sale, that they would, that would undo the rest of the sale. You understand? So therefore we don't we sell maybe if there's a piece of cake on the pot or something, but there's bad, but if it's in the pot, we don't sell that. Then it's so insignificant that it shouldn't count at all. No. You shouldn't have to do anything. No, if you cook in it, it comes out and it creates a tom in the problem. While it's in the walls, I don't have a problem. You can't cook in it and bring it out. But while it's in the walls, I don't have a problem. I don't have to sell. If I know, listen, we sell our pots. We don't sell the pots. We sell the, if there's stuff in the pots. We don't sell the pots. Matter of fact, you know what happens if you sell the pots? You have to toggle them to get it back. So better not to sell the pots. Imagine you're bringing all your pots to the... To the uh, you know, we were, in IDT, they were, they were opening up a new restaurant. So, me and Rabbi, so we had to toggle. You know, I toggle four pots. And stuff. I was talking like hundreds and hundreds of kailas. And, you know, it gets cold in there. It's a problem. It's very heavy. But anyway, so... So if you open up a restaurant, hire some guys to do that. Yes. Sheets, we shouldn't be putting like dishes or things like that. No, in no. no, no. In, in the in the thing it says, there's any chametz on it. I don't know. My house, our pots, there's no chametz on the dishes. I've never seen. I don't know. Took it out pot from the bottom. Look at that, a ring ding. You know. Um, anyway, that's that's the basics. Now, let's just mention one more thing. Is only because the question came up, and that is. Okay, well, so now, so now, I want to, what? Why can't, so what's, what, why don't we do that? Why don't the what? We do. Why? Many, many do. Oh, so let me just explain. Huh? There's only one set of pots. 
because you don't want to cash it. In the Gemara already says uh, even the Amorite has separate sets for Pesach. Okay, there's a lot of chumras, but uh, you don't really can cash Oh, why don't you cash it? You can cash it through our book of inflation? It's a good cash It's a good cash You probably could. There's a minhog, the Mogan Avram brings down a minhog from, I guess, from the German Rishonim. We don't kasha from milchik deflation. It's an old minhog. Something by mistake becomes milchik. Okay, that's something else. But if they say, you know what, I want to change all my dishes to milchik deflation, then if you know, sometimes you inherit something, you don't know what it is. So then you can kasha it and make it whatever you want. Ceramic china and porcelain, that's scarce. That's correct. That's correct. And metals, you say, some say you can't. Everybody say says you can't. No, no, some say, some say you don't even have to. You say, you don't. You're saying you can't. You're not going to leave one. You're not going to leave one, but you have to kill a goal you have to do. You can stay on steel. Yeah, stainless steel, we, I, I have, we, I'm not confident enough to say. You don't have to catch it. For Pesach, glass? Well, I'm talking just in general. Let's say you, uh, you have glass and you, want to, and you want to use it with your flesh meal, but you made tea in it with milk. Right. How do you use that? Right. Or do you just um, rinse it? Like, do yeah, I think, I, I think glass, I think, there's a, I think the Ramah brings down that we're mocked for glass. Glass is hard to say there's bleer. Because glass, you could just, well, you can look through the glass. Yeah. You can see oh. it. It's, it's like it's, it's transparent. You can see this. There's no bleed. Yeah, not, not as transparent. So I, I, yeah. So it could be that. So I think when it comes to the rest of the year, we're makele for glass. You don't have to kasher it. Now Pesach, we have uh, we, in Pesach generally have a chumra de pischa. We're more so, in general. So we're going to on, on, on the glass that was a flesh that used for a meal. One second. Is it something glass that you cooked in it? No, no. They served on a glass plate. It's, you don't have no. You don't have to kosher. Just clean it off, and you can use it. Make sure it's clean. And pyrex. I think pyrex is keres. Uh, I think. I think that your boy keep it flashix. Keep it flashix. Keep it milkix. Right? What? Is it pyrex? I think there's, it's not a mixture. Something in the night is more I think so. I think we consider it Karas certainly for Pesach, that's for sure. So now, what's, what's, what's the one question? So now, let's just explain one thing. Because you asked the question. You want to kasha the big pot. I want to kasha, I want to take my pot. I go into, so I take my small pot, I put it into a big pot. Right? So, I take a Pesach thicker pot, I boil it up with boiling hot water, now I take my Chomet thicker kalim, and I want to kasha it. Now, we already just learned, it doesn't matter if it's kalim that was used with fire, fair kelm that was used with water, I can kasher anything through Hagola. Yes, that's what we just said. But how come, the, if there's really a problem, there's a blea in the pot, how come the blea from the pot doesn't go into the water and make the Pesach like a clay trace? How come? What? Explain. Not by not, not by not. Right. So, so good, good. How about if I want to kasher something that's trace? Tom Kolish is a problem by trade. He said Tom Kolish is a problem by not. It's a problem, right? So that's why what we do is we have a very big pot. And even if there's a trade that comes out, it's bottled in the shishim of the water. Ah, but I don't have such a big pot. So what do I do? So what we do is very simple. Warren, I wait 24 hours before I kosher the pot. I wait 24 hours before I kosher the pot. So then, even if something does come out, we assume that it's already lefgam. Doesn't have any positive effect on the water or the food that I'm cooking it in. I wait 24 hours. That's why, generally speaking, we always just say, well, let's do another mind. Before you cash something, wait 24 hours. And now you've lowered the problem that at most it's going to be a tom, it's going to be a tom of gum, which is not a problem in the first place. So then you'll ask, if it's tom of gum, so why not just wait 24 hours before you use a tray for clee? And then it shouldn't be a problem. That's true, but it's a zero that you shouldn't use kalim. That haven't been used in 24 hours, after you use Kabbalah within 24 hours. Therefore, we do kasher Kalim, but uh, in terms of kasher, we do kasher, but we still don't use Kalim after 24 hours, but we do kasher them, and the way that we kasher them, we wait 24 hours, so the bleed that comes out. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.